Welcome to AWS In Orbit. I'm Maria Varmazis. We're working with AWS to bring you an in-depth look at the transformative intersection of cloud computing, space technologies, and generative AI. On AWS In Orbit, we're exploring not just what's possible, but what's meaningful in the realm of space and cloud innovation. We grapple with the complex challenges and unparalleled opportunities that arise when we use space to address pressing issues right here on Earth. Episode 3, Monitoring Critical Infrastructure at Scale with Altea and the World Bank. Baptiste Tripard is the Chief Marketing Officer at Altea. Aiga Stogenberger is the Senior Transport Economist at the World Bank. We explore how Altea and the World Bank are leveraging AWS's cloud, AI, and space capabilities to monitor critical road networks at scale to support large-scale infrastructure investments. From road networks to bridges, they share real-world applications that are making a difference in emerging economies. My name is Aiga Stockenberg. I'm a senior transport economist at the World Bank. Um, I work on the Latin America region currently, but also support the global transport team on various knowledge products. Um, previously worked in other regions of the World Bank and the World Resources Institute and several other places on logistics, energy, transport, similar topics. Aiga, why don't we start with the problem the World Bank was working on and trying to solve, if you could set the stage for us there. Sure. I mean, so the, the, there's kind of the big picture problems we, we try to solve, which is um, reducing poverty and increasing shared prosperity. And now we, we have expanded our mission to also add on a livable planet. So the, the climate aspects are becoming much more central in everything we do in terms of both resilience, which is much more relevant for many of the poorest countries we work on. And then um, in terms of decarbonization and transport is a one of the main uh, contributors to, to, to carbon emissions in many countries and especially in Latin America, which is a very urbanized region. Uh, transport is uh, one of the main uh, contributors. And so, so everything we work on is, it has to be kind of through this climate lens, if you will. And so the World Bank works on two main types of work. One is um, uh, investment lending, which is the bulk of what we do. Um, and infrastructure accounts for about a quarter of all of our lending. So both transport, but also energy and digital development. And so that means basically helping governments prepare projects, um, finance those projects, help implement them. This can range in transport. It can range from uh, rural roads, interurban roads, ports, um, mass mass transit in cities, etc. And then the other type of work we do is is really sort of like the knowledge creation and and, and analytics. And uh, so the the problem that we face is usually in investment lending projects. It's it's the lack of data at the scale of a country that would allow us to uh, advise the government and how to even prioritize those investments. Later on in project preparation, there's, uh, you know, there's much more money going into actually collecting data. But at the, st at the stage of sort of just, you know, what do we even need to, to do to, to achieve the mission of reducing poverty and increasing shared prosperity on a livable planet? Like, what is, 
we, we really lack the data at the scale of a country on, on the quantity and the quality of the infrastructure assets that the country has. Thank you for setting the stage there. So now we have a good understanding of what the problem is that we're trying to solve. And so it feels like a good time to bring in our second speaker, Baptiste, on how to go about doing that. Uh, Baptiste, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is uh, Baptiste Tripart, and I work at Altea as a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. And uh, my background is in uh, aerospace engineering, so everything related to aircraft design. Uh, that led me to design drones back in the 2010s and now working in the field of uh, software development and artificial intelligence. Thanks, Baptiste. So to start off, perhaps could you uh, give us a bit of context on how you learned how aerial imagery could really change how people do business? Back to the, the 2010s, um, I got involved in uh, what, what's called kind of uh, spatial computing now. Um, as I said, when I started uh, building commercial drones for different types of applications, and um, the idea was uh, back then to um, uh, start using small um, unmanned devices equipped with uh, consumer cameras to take high-resolution uh, pictures from the sky. And it used to be, and it still is, uh, highly valuable for many different types of uh, applications, ranging for uh, uh, from agriculture to um, uh, construction, but also, as you mentioned, some uh, conservation projects. Uh, one of the highlights of uh, that uh, time was to um, uh, do a mission in Antarctica to uh, take aerial images from uh, penguin populations and understand from uh, the sky how climate change had an impact on uh, the way they all behave together and where they're going. And, you know, like, I think it's kind of like uh, fundamental for, for the topic we're uh, discussing today. Um, at that time, it really opened our eyes, uh, understand like the value of remote sensing for uh, anybody really, uh, from uh, archaeologists, conservationists to uh, uh, larger organizations like the World Bank. And so what changed from uh, 2010 to now is um, all the developments that happen, you know, in the field of um, uh, geospatial and uh, cloud technology. And um, what used to be uh, available at the very narrow scale with uh, the drone business is now, you know, um, um, available at a much larger scale, uh, almost in near real time. You know, you just click uh, on a, a button on the AWS Open Data Registry and you access like infinite amount of satellite imagery. And so you have kind of like that uh, uh, technology breakthrough, uh, public initiatives like uh, the Copernicus project um, in Europe to uh, map uh, with uh, satellites, you know, the entire Earth uh, uh, every, uh, I think it's every week or even like private initiatives funded by, uh, uh, by investment companies and fueled by uh, um, um, private organizations like Planet or Satellogic that now launch uh, in the sky uh, satellites that are the size of a shoebox. So all of that kind of like connects to a point where uh, data is uh, much more available 
uh, in near real time and can be processed very easily thanks to uh, AWS infrastructure. Um, so you were speaking a bit about AWS, uh, and I wanted to ask a bit about how AI also comes into the picture here uh, and how Altea uses both AWS and AI. Well, so, and I'll start with that, you know, and, and Aiga um, highlighted it as well. Um, data or access to data um, is paving the way for um, what I would call a smarter and more sustainable uh, future, right? So... We have that uh, very beautiful synergy between technology and and the planet, but the the problem is, you know, uh, there is a notion of uh, data out there, and this is really hard to transform that data into uh, information, uh, something that has a value for an organization, and. Uh, because uh, we have uh, so much data available, it's it's not possible. It's not possible, or at least really difficult, uh, both from an operational but also you know a financial standpoint, uh, to not automate some of those processes. And that's where I think the combination of uh, artificial intelligence and cloud computing comes into play. A- AI is not a new technology. I mean, it was available already in the 70s. However, it consumes a lot of computing power and it's really that combination that makes it so powerful today. And uh, this is where uh, Altea is standing, you know. Uh, what we do is uh, we allow uh, organizations to produce uh, real-time information from uh, that ocean of data that is out there uh, leveraging both uh, AI models and uh, cloud technology. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to switch to Aiga now. Um, so we've been speaking a bit at length about Batiste and uh, Altea Solution. So I'd love to know how the World Bank, uh, kind of how you met, essentially, and <laughs> how you you uh, realized that there was um, a, a, a solution here that that you you both could work on. Um, so in in our case, there was a very specific. Uh, ask from our clients. So um, there's sort of like a cascade of, of uh, you know, working together as being uh, Altea's clients and then uh, obviously the World Bank responds to governments. And uh, in the case of Peru, uh, which is one of the countries I work on, we are we're being asked to prepare essentially the next generation of rural roads projects uh, or programs. Peru has a long history of, of very successful rural roads investment programs that have uh, had really significant impacts on rural poverty reduction, et cetera. But they're looking for a new way, um, a new sort of a season of roads uh, projects that would be at at an even bigger scale and that would have uh, more robust prioritization criteria built in. And so this is sort of where the bold bank comes in because, you know, we don't just come with money. We're supposed to come with increasingly more knowledge, uh, analytics. And for that, we really needed this at scale uh, information on where are the roads and what are uh, sort of what's their conditions to able to be able to advise the government. At the same time, uh, I was working in Mexico, which is, um, you know, uh, another country where we lack that kind of data. And even though we don't have a project right now, the government is looking for technical assistance in helping to design um, an asset recycling strategy. So it's essentially 
advising how to use the, the road assets that the government manages at different levels. So it can be the federal or the state governments to, to generate revenues from those assets. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with toll roads, but this is just one way of, that this can be done. Um, but obviously for that to be to happen, you need, you need to know what assets you're managing. And uh, even a country, the, you know, the level of sophistication and, and income of Mexico um, honestly doesn't have that information at the scale needed. And so um, we were basically looking for various solutions that we could think of. And, and um, the World Bank, my, my engineer colleagues are very familiar with like kind of the traditional ways of surveying road assets. Uh, you d- literally drive with a car with a with a GoPro camera and another type of camera, and you you record the the roads. And um, as you can imagine, this is the take uh, about a century if you're trying to cover the road network of Mexico or Peru. And so, um, basically, we, we started looking around to 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 try to find a, a solution that is leveraging um, satellite imagery, but doesn't cost um, you know what what I've seen <laughs> these kinds of projects cost in other regions where I've worked. Where if you're thinking of leveraging high resolution imagery, you know, this can easily spiral out of control in terms of, you know, the, the cost. And we were tr- we were trying to find a solution that, you know, we could apply not only in Peru and Mexico, but also potentially sort of develop a blueprint that can, you know, the methodological bl- blueprint that could serve uh, other countries' needs as well and could be potentially scaled to even, you know, the world, uh, all the clients where we work in. So I I had some support from the global transport team uh, in the World Bank, which is more sort of the the knowledge generation uh, hub. Um, And, uh, you know, typically supports these sort of like global knowledge initiatives and uh, basically (laughs) created a a coalition of of people who are really looking for the solution. And and we were able to, 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 we were connected with Altea through the, through the chief economist's office at the World Bank, who had also been thinking about this topic, more from the analytical and knowledge creation perspective, because they are always looking for great data and comparable data across countries to be able to do statistical analyses, uh, how transport connectivity um, affects incomes or poverty, etc. And so it was kind of this um, lucky um, confluence of of um of needs and in the end we were able to to develop something that worked but in in the beginning i wouldn't say that we we um you know we were buying a solution that was ready we were we were sort of ready to work on the solution with with Altea, knowing what they had in mind it sounded uh, very promising and um and i think that that's what happened it was sort of a working together on the solution for, for a couple of months excellent so from your perspective uh, how did the project go I mean, I think the, the the initial, my role was really to sort of define the objectives, uh, what we really wanted to get out of it in the end, and uh, broadly the kind of indicators we were looking for for the road networks. Um, and uh, even though my background is not in road engineering, I, I still, I think my role was expected to be a bit more on that as well. Like, how does the World Bank prepare projects? What is the, you know, like, uh, should we be looking at road condition at the scale of, 10 meters or is 100 meters the sort of um, normal, typical project scale that the World Bank would finance? Uh, so there are more of these practical questions uh, that I could help answer. Um, uh, also, <laughs> one thing that I was uh, really trying to help with was the, the finding of what's called ground truth data, which is essentially like data we know to be true on the ground and, and try to 
literally scrape the entire World Bank network to, to try to find teams that actually have that kind of data and, and try to, to help as an input for the models that Altea was developing. Um, and then Altea did the, did the actual work, of course, in terms of training the models and to see what makes sense um, and what would be like sufficient detail for, for us to be able to use that, those results. Batiste, from, from your perspective and from the Altea perspective, how did it go? Yeah, so what we've tried to do, um, and I kind of explained it a little bit, but I'm going to try to to do it from more technical perspective, is uh, work backwards through uh, the 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 problem, right? So, uh, what were the key constraints that the World Bank had in terms of um, uh, project deployment? And in that case, it was access um, macroeconomic KPIs while uh, minimizing the cost of such analysis. So it all comes down to finding the right balance between uh, results granularity and uh, uh, costs of data. Um, And to do that, um, we uh, focused on building a solution that aggregates lots of uh, heterogeneous uh, uh, databases uh, that have one thing in common, you know, they're all uh, freely accessible uh, with uh, especially uh, leveraged uh, low resolution satellite uh, data uh, that we actually uploaded it from um, the um, uh, AWS, uh, uh, AWS Open Registry. Um, and uh, what we've done is aggregate all of that information together, contextualize all that information together, and process it together uh, to build the, the, the required metrics. It, it, actually, it's kind of as if we've artificially increased uh, the resolution of the low-res uh, satellite data by stacking so many layers of uh, information to it. And um, at the end, you know, we've obtained um, the right amount of data um, uh, for, uh, uh, I guess, needs and the pre-project analysis. It does not solve uh, all of the problems. I mean, you cannot really uh, have a a high level of detail with uh, uh, such data sets, but it was uh, sufficient uh, for uh, the needs of the project. And, you know, we see often in the AI space, uh, people uh, that, that try to uh, use a sledgehammer to, to crack a nut. I mean, honestly, in, in that case, um, the whole point was about uh, being rational uh, in terms of data cost, as I said, but also um, uh, minimizing the data processing cost. So uh, we've been working a lot on a building algorithm that would only go and take the right amount of data because obviously, you know, uh, uh, energy consumption, uh, computing costs are also very important in such projects. So we've tried to to uh, optimize that as well, and um, and yeah, and, and to do that, we've uh, we've leveraged our uh, software platform called uh, Either. It's kind of like a, what I would call an operating system uh, for uh, vision AI, so uh, visual data and artificial intelligence. And um, all of the building blocks that are uh, um, built uh, within that platform were leveraged to uh, uh, do uh, such analysis at scale. I mean, w- w- when uh, we talk about uh, a country-level assessment, 
it's between five and 10 terabytes of data uh, for each project. So it's, it's pretty massive. Uh, and I'll finish by, by that. Um, I mean, we highly rely on AWS infrastructure to do that. And again, uh, none of this uh, would have been possible like uh, 10 years ago. And um, several components are necessary for, for that kind of project. So um, um, uh, accessing like all the data sets with the open data registry, uh, leveraging also uh, um, Amazon Elastic Kubernetes service uh, and um, the, the Elastic Computing for the orchestration uh, and the analysis of uh, all the data. And, and this is really important because um, there is an, an orchestration of different tasks between the pre-processing the pre of the data, the launch of the AI models, and then uh, as I was mentioning, you know, the ground truthing uh, with uh, data coming from the ground. So it's a lot of uh, heterogeneous data that just um, uh, navigate together and uh, but to achieve the, the, the result that we've had. Let's talk about that result. So, Aiga, I'll, I'll go to you about the, the impact. Could you walk us through a bit about uh, what the results were? Just to preview the, the kind of World Bank, the timelines that we work with at the World Bank, they're a little bit longer maybe than the private sector. So, uh, at this point, the, what, we, you know, what we're really working on is um, uh, sharing the, these results with the government, trying to make sure that the road agencies are... Um, you know, they, they really understand how this was generated. There's not a black, bo black box. We're trying to kind of open the hood as much as we can, explain the process, even though it's um, obviously highly specialized type of analysis. But that's kind of the first step is to really, uh, you know, deliver these results to our client, which is the Peruvian um, uh, Transport Authorities. And uh, at this stage, we're really like, at, you know, like trying to narrow down the, the the project. And once that will be done, we will be able to use those results in um, economic analysis. We've already done a lot of that um, in, at, this, at the country scale. So using the results that were produced by Altea to overlay them with climate, climate risk factors um, to see you know, where there are overlaps between poor condition roads and high climate risk. So that's like a first flag for us to, to know that this could be a, you know, this should be an area we consider for the investment. Uh, we use the results to um, assign a much more, you know, assign much more realistic travel speeds on each of those roads. And once we have those assumptions on speeds um, layered on top, we can use the uh, this, this data to basically uh, conduct accessibility analyses to local markets, to schools, etc. And that's another way or another further um, analytical results that we can use to 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 really define the, the investment project. I mean, uh, that process is quite long in the World Bank and, and I think in any multilateral development institution, the project preparation will be like a year. Um, so we're uh, somewhere in the middle of that. And then, um, you know, we will be able to build the road in, in let's say three or four years. Um, and we're hoping for uh, a scale of, you know, several hundred, if not thousand kilometers. Um, but I mean, this is not a, this is not something we've, you know, we'll be doing for the first time, uh, you know, in terms of the, the actual uh, works and expected impacts. Um, so in, in some other countries where I've worked, I mean, we really see the impact on the ground in terms of, uh, you know, improved school completion rates, especially for, for girls, um, reduced maternal mortality because women can now access uh, clinics and not miss um, medical appointments. We did 
quite intense intensive analysis of these kinds of impacts in in the poorest countries where we work, so in in Haiti and um, Burkina Faso in my previous region, and 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 there's it's 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 really um, incredible, like what a road that can be functional all year round and not be washed out by rains. What it what it means for connecting people to opportunities and um, keep kids in schools, etc. That's incredible just to think of the, the the journey the data has taken and what an incredible real-world impact it's having. Um, so often when we talk about data that's coming from, that's aerial or from space, uh, it, it, uh, the, the impact seems a bit abstract, but this is very, very concrete and has a, quite an incredible impact. So that what an amazing story. Uh, Baptiste, I'm just curious, from your point of view also, can, can you imagine uh, in other ways how... Um, what what you've been doing, how that will have other real-world impacts, or do you have any anecdotes that you wanted to add to uh, what Ayaga just shared? Yeah, I mean, and, and <clears throat> let's go back for, for a second to what we generate, you know, what we uh, create as an output of the workflow we, we've um, been talking about is a, a digital uh, road network model where uh, each pixel uh, represents, you know, um, uh, truly, uh, uh, um, uh, what's going on uh, on the ground, and we assess also um, the condition. So, if the road is paved or unpaved, and the quality of the road, like uh, ranging from uh, poor uh, to very good. So now, you know, um, a country can have access at very low cost to a digital record record of uh, their road network. The analysis can be done. Um, over the course of the years to understand, you know, how it uh, changes. And this is actually pretty uh, rich information, especially in the, the context of climate change, to understand how your infrastructure um, is resilient to all the pressure that it receives from uh, the elements, you know. Um, and, and I think that would be the first thing, you know. Now you have a model that you can leverage to either understand how it changes over time by conducting the same analysis frequently or uh, by running simulations um, where you digitally uh, create an environment and see how uh, your model is supposed to react to it. And, and um, all of that is really interesting. Uh, we've seen uh, in many cases, you know, um, uh, people used to manage their infrastructure by being very reactive to things. And this is now a way to become proactive, uh, kind of like um, uh, building something uh, to prevent an event before it actually happens, you know. And uh, that path uh, is necessary if we want to build uh, infrastructure that are more resilient and more sustainable. Um, so this is very hopeful uh, in terms of technology enablement. And um, what I think is uh, very important for uh, everybody, you know, that runs uh, such AI projects, it's always like uh, layered uh, to my opinion. So starting with something that already provides value, like that uh, road network that we create, and then add new layers of uh, information, uh, simulations or computing, that will uh, uh, go more in depth 
and help you know uh, different fields of work like uh, transport safety um um uh, basically uh, emergency response or um uh, building uh, bridges you know to avoid uh, uh, pressure of climate events so um this is how we see the future um basically building and adding more tools to that uh, uh, initial base uh, that we've been uh, uh, building digital i wanted to make sure as we sort of start to sum up um, if there was anything you wanted to add that maybe we hadn't discussed yet, or if you wanted to offer any advice or um, maybe even a reflection on the, the project that you, you have undertaken and, and any things that you have come away with, um, any reflections you might want to share? Sure. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Batiste kind of talked about some of these, this, this idea that, you know, this project is not a, it's not like a static um, project. It can be dynamic over time as new questions emerge or, you know, we, new questions for us as the World Bank, you know, like uh, the climate aspects of, you know, like this, this is not something that we were working on as centrally when I started the bank 15 years ago. Um, and, you know, it's possible that in, in 10 years we'll be working on yet new, new, new things and, and we will need to add new lenses of prioritization to our project. So I think um, I agree that, you know, this is sort of the, the basis for which we can start with which we can start and, and layer new things on top. And we're already thinking of expanding this methodology in, in some other countries. So in, uh, you know, adding, again, leveraging free data to, to be able to say something about um, the road safety characteristics of roads, you know, not so much exactly where accidents actually happen, but can we predict where they could be happening based on the road features that we can extract from free satellite data? Um, so that's just one example. Um, another thing, I mean, just in terms of the kind of value that we gain from this project, so it's, you know, obviously it's going to be a really important input for us in project preparation. It also allowed us to, to save a lot of time and money in, in, in comparison to, you know, the other things we were considering, like these traditional surveys or even the more innovative solutions like drone surveys or um, obviously high-resolution high satellite imagery would have been completely unaffordable. Um, in the case of Mexico, it also really, um, it was like a matter of just feasibility of, of surveying those roads, uh, you know, parts of the country you cannot really travel to due to safety reasons. And, you know, in, in many other countries, this is uh, even more so, you know, that it's uh, the remote assessment is, is really the only feasible way of doing this. Um, so it's, um, it's been, you know, a very a kind of from all aspects, like a very high, high value <laughs> proposition for, for us. And we're really in the process of uh, disseminating this work to other teams. Um, you know, many of my colleagues are really interested in using this to, in, in their countries. Yeah, in terms of the value, it's, 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 it's that, you know, it's the time, it's the money, it's the safety, um, it's the ability to uh, also not only use this, this data selfishly for our project, but also share it with these uh, more analytical knowledge teams that are, um, you know, this is like super highly valuable for, for any kind of economic analysis uh, to be able to, like Matisse said, over time track the impact of things. You know, for instance, once we have the road built uh, or improved, you know, um, you know, we can then do this analysis again a couple of years later and we can, you can, you know, scientifically measure what the impacts have been on various things we actually care about, you know, like these, these things I mentioned before, like uh, school completion rates or poverty or um, the extent to which uh, farmers now 
not only produce for their own consumption, but also sell at markets. You know, there's many different things we, we can measure. And I think that the, the, the fact that we could come up with a methodology that is really affordable, uh, th that means that we can really do this uh, over time. And as a tracking tool, we can, uh, some teams have asked me if, if there's a possibility of using this also to kind of even monitor the implementation progress of projects, which is sometimes also difficult, especially in in the countries where, you know, there's like an ongoing civil war and the, the work sites are really hard to reach. And so, I mean, I think the possibilities are quite, quite open, you know, in terms of what this could be. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. The, the uh, Many of the things you just mentioned, I... Blowing my mind a little bit at the thought of uh, of doing all those things and and more easy, much more easily than in the past. Baptiste, I know you already provided a really beautiful thoughts on the future. I just wanted to give you um, that opportunity to reflect. Well, so one thing that I uh, feel is going to happen is um, uh, AWS is going to continue to innovate. We are going to continue to innovate. Um, satellite image providers are going to uh, continue to innovate. And, you know, uh, we will be um, uh, given the opportunity to work with uh, more high-resolution data within the next um, month, uh, years. And um, what's fascinating is the the level of uh, granularity of the analysis that we'll be able to make at scale is going to probably be multiplied by a factor uh, 10 uh, within the next couple of years and uh, i i feel like we're only grasping the the surface of uh, all the things that we're going to be able to extract uh, from remote sensing data and that's actually very hopeful especially when it's tied to um, uh, development project or uh, conservation projects, because uh, we, uh, as uh, you know, uh, um, uh, people from Earth, <laughs> we will need that level of, of granularity to really get a sense of uh, the the course of our or of our actions, and, and in that specific case, you know, technology will be able to provide that. So, um, I, I think. That kind of project also paved the way to that type of innovation. And, and I hope uh, it will inspire more uh, tech companies to, to follow that route because, and, and this is also important, you know, um, there is a way to be uh, uh, financially profitable, uh, leverage AI and have a positive impact. So uh, I think uh, it's, it's important <laughs> that people realize that out there. And that's it for AWS In Orbit, Episode 3, Monitoring Critical Infrastructure at Scale with Altea and the World Bank. A special thanks to Aiga Stogenberger and Baptiste Ripard for joining us today. For additional resources from this episode, and for more episodes in the AWS In Orbit series, head on over to space.n2k.com slash AWS. This episode was produced by Alice Carruth and powered by AWS. Our AWS producer is Laura Barber. Mixing by Elliot Peltzman and Trey Hester, with original music and sound design by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producer is Brandon Karp. And I'm Maria Varmazis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>